Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first podcast of 2022. Happy New Year. I am so grateful you are here with me and about to embark on the journey of 2022. So we have been through a lot together. And again, I'm so grateful you're here. And I really encourage you to make the same commitment that you made last year. So many of you committed to be here with me week after week for the entire year. And what a journey 2021 was. You know, when we look back over 2020 as well as 2021, I don't know about you, but they kind of all seem to blend together. It seems just like a really, really long year. And I'm curious to know how you're feeling about 2022. I am energized. I am ready to go. I am feeling hopeful and excited. And I feel that New Year's energy. And hopefully you got some time to really rest and spend time with family. Hopefully you had wonderful holidays. I know the weather here in California was a little crazy over the last week. We got so much rain, but it was desperately needed. And it was just great to kind of cozy in and spend some time with family. Um, Both the girls were home from college. And um, my youngest daughter, Bailey, had her boyfriend over quite a bit. And we just all really enjoyed our time together. And it was, I don't know about you, but it was just great to not have an agenda. And for me, I completely unplugged. I didn't answer emails. I was actually not too great about answering phone calls or even texts. And I just really kind of unplugged from social media and unplugged from the electronics and really plugged into family. And I also noticed when I did that, I really plugged into myself and I filled up with just the joy of being with family and being present. I know so much of the year, we all feel like we're kind of running on a treadmill And it was just really great to pause and take time and fill up and rest and get rejuvenated. And it was kind of the right amount of time. I know for many people, I'm actually recording this on Monday. It'll be released on Wednesday. You know, this is the first week back for a lot of people. And some people will be heading back to work next week. So wherever you are in your holiday journey, I'm hoping that you got to refill your gas tank a little bit because, boy, I can tell you from all the groups that I coach, as well as the individual one-on-one clients I coach, the women were really, really burned out at the end of the year. They were dealing with end-of-year performance reviews, budgets for 2022, 
you know, holidays, family coming in, planning, holiday gifts. I mean, all of it. And oh, and then just add on a global pandemic on top of that, as well as things starting to surge and people making travel plans and getting cancellations. And it was crazy. And many women in my groups actually just kind of break down. And we don't always understand until we hear other people speak about just how much stress we're under, that we're not the only ones that are going through it. And so, you know, I I know I felt I felt that same pressure too. It was definitely different for me because I own my own business. And I remember my days of being in corporate, there being so much pressure at the end of the year. Um, So I didn't necessarily feel that this year. But I can really relate to all of my women who were just feeling that pressure, so much pressure and so much overwhelm and people really being burned out. I know so many of the women I coach are leaders and, you know, they're trying to figure out back to work and just when they kind of feel like they have everything (laughs) headed in the right direction, then it seemed that there was this, you know, surge and now they're having to pivot and redirect and rethink about you know, how things are going to be in January now going back to the office. And so a lot of confusion, a lot of change. And if there's anything that 2020 and 2021 have taught us is how to be nimble and how to be really agile during this crazy time where there is no precedent that has been set. So I hope you had a chance to go easy on yourself. And if you missed the last episode of December, which was episode 93, it was all about celebrating. And as I just mentioned, we have all been through so much over the last two years. So if you haven't taken time over the holidays because you were busy helping everyone else and still focused on everyone else in your life, I really invite you to go back and listen to episode 93 all around taking stock and celebrating your personal successes and professional successes in 2021. It's a great launching off point to where we're headed today. But please take the time to take stock and to really honor yourself. There is no greater gift than taking a moment to really think about how far you've come. And when we start looking forward, which we do so often and so quickly about looking forward to what's new in the new year, what do I want to accomplish? What are my resolutions? What are my goals? You know, if you're not taking the time at the end of the year to assess, then what is the point? So not only assessing, but celebrating And not just celebrating your accomplishments, but who you were through those accomplishments. Such an important task and an opportunity for us to drop a pin and honor where we've been and who we've become because of what we've been through. So again, go back and listen to episode 93 before we get into talking about 2022. But let's turn the page. The calendar has turned. We are now in January. 
And so many of us are thinking about New Year's resolutions. So if you're like me, you sat at home in your cozies and watched the New York ball drop, or maybe you were out at a party. But there is this energy, this energy that is created around New Year's resolutions. And, you know, what are your gonna what are your resolutions going to be? Well, I provocatively invite you to stop making New Year's resolutions. And first of all, let's talk about why. <laughs> There's a, a recent study actually done by um, the New York Post, and there were 2,000 Americans that were surveyed, and they found, and I'm going to let you guess, how many days it took for the average person to finally break their resolution. It's not that long. It's basically by February 1st. So it takes 32 days for people to completely abandon and break their resolutions. But 68% of people in that group reported giving up their resolutions even sooner than that. And according to a U.S. news report, 80% of people give up on their New Year's resolutions by the second week in February. So that's basically most of us. It's a really sad statistic. It really is. You know, what that's saying is that most of us can only stay committed for about a month, month and a half. And I think it's important for us to understand why. Why is that? And then let's do something to flip it on its head. So why don't we stick with our New Year's resolutions? So the first reason is that we really fail to pick realistic goals. So the most common New Year's resolutions are to lose weight, to exercise, and to eat more healthy. So those are achievable goals. But again, most of us don't follow through with it. And the reason why is because we don't really take an approach that's rooted in reality. So I invite you to think about the following question. What is more achievable? Losing 100 pounds or cutting sugar from your diet? Hopefully, hopefully the answer is obvious. If you cut sugar from your diet, you're more likely to lose weight. So keep this in mind when we talk about how we're going to do things differently for next year. But just keep that in mind about what's easier from a, a larger perspective when you're making resolutions, you're making goals for yourself. The other reason why we don't stick with New Year's resolutions is we don't plan properly. What, you know, you would never take a trip in a car or a plane without having a clear map on where you were going. You know, I live in LA, so if I were going to take a trip to the East Coast, I wouldn't just say, "Oh, I want to go to Florida." I would say, "I want to specifically go to Orlando Airport." And it's critical that we have this very specific destination in mind. Because one degree can mean everything. So I want to share a story really quick. Um, In 1979, there was a passenger jet that was carrying about 257 people. And it left New Zealand for a sightseeing flight to Antarctica and back. However, the, the pilots weren't aware that there was a two degree error in the flight coordinates. So what happened was this placed the aircraft 28 miles to the east of where the pilots thought they were. And as they approached Antarctica, they descended to a lower lower altitude to give the passengers a better look at the landscape. 
And these were experienced pilots. They had flown forever. They were very experienced, but neither had made this particular flight before. So think about that when you were embarking on something new. We haven't done it before. We don't have that experience guiding us. And so they didn't have any way of knowing that the incorrect coordinates had placed them directly in the path of Mount Eberus, which was an active volcano. And it happens to be a volcano that's 12,000 feet. Sadly, the plane crashed into the side of the volcano and it killed everyone on board. And it was a tragedy brought on by a minor error, a matter of only a few degrees. And I, I share that story with you, not to bring you down at the new year, but to let you know how important a few degrees are when you are making a destination for yourself. And what they learned through this process is that the rule of thumb in the airlines is known as the one in 60 rule. So it states that for every one degree a plane veers off course, it misses its target destination by one mile for every 60 miles you fly. So therefore, you know, if you're on foot, you miss your target by 2.2 inches. It's trivial, right? But after a mile, you're off target by 92 feet. One degree is starting to make a difference. If you veer off course by one degree flying around the equator, you'll land almost 500 miles off your target. And the point of this is that small actions accumulated over a very long time make a huge difference. If you think about financial planning and investing early versus investing late, it follows exactly the same principle. You have to know exactly where you're going to get your financial strategy in order, but doing it over time and and that snowball effect and the compound interest, et cetera, those are small habits over time that make a big difference. And next week, we're going to be going into habits. And so we're going to be talking a lot more about this topic. But I provide this example because going back to why we don't keep our New Year's resolutions is we often aren't planning properly. We're not getting really specific about what do we want. And the other thing I'll add in here is how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you get to that goal? What is that core desired feeling? Marie Forleo has a great interview that she does with Danielle Laporte. And Danielle talks all about having core desired feelings instead of goals. How do you want to feel? If you want to lose weight, if you want to have washboard abs by summer, then more than likely the feeling that you're going for is you want to feel confident, you want to feel healthy. And so kind of turning that on its head when you go to making habits this year is waking up saying, I want to feel healthy today. What do I need to do to support that feeling? So it really turns resolutions on its head because you're going for the feeling instead of the result. So we'll get there in a minute. But the other big reason why people don't keep their New Year's resolutions is they don't have support. We're formed the way we're formed. Our habits are built the way they're built. We have a negativity bias, every one of us. And it's really easy to stay comfortable. It takes a lot of work to get out of our comfort zone. We are wired, as I have mentioned over and over again on the podcast, 
We are wired to stay in our comfort zone. It takes so much effort to get out of our comfort zone to build those new neural pathways in our minds because the old neural pathways are like snow sleds. They are well formed, they're well grooved, it feels really comfortable, the path is already made. When we start going out and around, it takes a lot of effort to build those new pathways. So most of the time, we aren't hitting our goals because we don't have support. In the same study I referred to earlier about when people abandon their resolutions, they said that 41% of people actively tell others their plans in order to be more liable towards their goals. And 37% of people enlist a friend to complete the goals with them. And we often talk about peer pressure and societal pressure. This is where we can use that type of pressure for good. And I will tell you, it is the one thing that makes our Women Leading Powerfully program so powerful is the community of women. They get in, they go through our program. It's a 12-week group coaching program for women. And they get in there and they create these connections and this accountability with each other. And they achieve things at the end of that 12 weeks that they could never dream about having done on their own because they have the support of the 12 to 15 women in that group, cheering them on, holding them accountable, checking in on them. It is so powerful to watch and just incredible. It's also the power of coaching. You know, every pro athlete has a coach. They are excellent at what they do. Olympians have coaches. They are the top of their game, but they still have that person there that is helping them make those micro changes, not changing them completely because they already have exactly what they need to succeed. And I invite you to think about that because you have exactly what you need to succeed and to achieve your goals. You absolutely do. You have every bit of everything that you need. What you probably need is accountability. And you need someone or a group there holding you accountable to make sure on the days that you just don't feel like doing it, that you move forward and you are making movement and you are consistently taking action. And interestingly enough, one of the reasons why some people don't reach out to others to help hold them accountable is because they're afraid of failing. I mean, think about how many New Year's resolutions are broken by the second week in February. And we don't want others to think we're a failure. So we don't share and we don't also share the struggles. I mean, think about social media. Everything is perfect on social media. Everyone's sharing how great they're doing, how much weight they're losing, what their life looks like, how their perfect vacation. And, you know, no one is really honestly sharing the challenges that they're having. They're not sharing on social media that they had a hard time getting up and going to the gym this morning. You know, they're posting a picture of their great workout that they had, but you don't know what it took for them to get to the gym that morning and all the inner conversations that they might have had to have with themselves or with their accountability partner or with their coach about helping them get on that consistent routine of working out. So we don't always see the journey, we see the destination. And 
you know, the reality is we are born to achieve, but we also need to give ourselves room to fail once in a while so that we can learn what we need to be doing differently. I think so much of it is having a positive attitude, remaining optimistic, and really trusting and believing in ourselves that we have what it takes to do what we want to do and to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And what I know from coaching hundreds of women is that we are so hard on ourselves. We are brutal to ourselves. We have such horrible inner voices and that inner critic voice that just beats us down so often and so many times a day and just tells us that we're not doing enough or we're not doing it right or we're not enough. Whatever that voice is saying to you, just be aware of that voice because our challenge is to really remain positive and optimistic and to retrain those voices. They'll never go away, but to quiet them and to remain focused in on the big picture of what we want to achieve. So we've talked about all the reasons why people don't keep their New Year's resolutions. And now I want to shift our focus to what to do instead. My solution to this is to create anti-resolutions. And you may be saying, Natalie, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to explain. And I'm going to explain the reason why I think this is so important. So many of the women I coach are just overwhelmed. They're burned out. They are exhausted. They have no time to themselves. They have taken on way too much because they feel a need to continue to prove their worth to everyone, to their family, to be the best mom ever, to their boss, to be the best worker ever, to their team, to be the best leader ever, to their partner, to be the best partner ever. And it is exhausting. And women are so exhausted. And what I've found and what my husband has found in his therapy practice is so often we have great intentions. We set out the day, the week, or the year with really specific goals that we are going to achieve. And what ends up happening is we end up letting everyone else's goals take precedence over ours. And therefore, we work late at night to get our stuff done, or we skip the workout because we needed to do something for the kids, and everyone else's priorities take precedence. And what I'm here to tell you is that needs to stop. And sometimes more important than making New Year's resolutions are making anti-resolutions because we need to figure out what we are going to stop doing. I love this article by Fast Company. They talk about this idea of anti-resolutions and they talk about what should go on your anti-resolution list. And not only do I like the list that they talk about, but I like the way they frame it up. So if your traditional New Year's resolution is to be healthier, an anti-resolution would start with, I will not eat fast food. And do you see how specific that is? The bottom line is we all know that if we stop eating fast food, that we're going to be more healthy. And so what are those micro habits? What are those things that we need to stop doing in order to move ourselves forward. So here's some ideas for you of things that might go on your anti-resolution list. One is stop biting your tongue. 
If you have an opinion, which you do, say so. So do you see how this resolution of stop biting your tongue actually puts you into action? Because if you're not biting your tongue, you're sharing your opinion. And this idea is going to challenge you to find more ways to communicate and more ways to speak up for yourself. Another thing that you might consider putting on your anti-resolution list is stop using disclaimers or weak language. I did a two-part podcast series with Liz Danziger, who is a communications expert. It's episode 90 and 91 if you want to go back and revisit it. And we, she talks about how to stop using language that weakens us. So some of those examples are starting sentences or phrases such as, oh, sorry to bother you, whether it be verbal or written, or I just wanted to tell you, or I feel like X, Y, Z. Say what you want to say. Say it confidently. Say it directly and say it concisely and own it. And also, stop apologizing. That was a big one for Liz and I we spoke about in the episode. Really, we need to stop apologizing so much. If you have to say you're sorry, say it with a smile and move on. But we are apologizing way too often as women. So one of the other things that might go on your anti-resolution list are stop feeling guilty. Think about what that opens up for you. When you hear stop feeling guilty, how much brain space and energy does that open up for you in your life if you just stop feeling guilty about things? If you can't make it to the kids play at school because you have to be on a plane, okay, it is what it is. You're still a great mom. Stop feeling guilty about it. Guilt is really anger that creeps up and We feel like we don't have a right to that anger. But yeah, we're angry for not being able to be at our kids' play. And I remember missing my daughter's first basketball, and she was she was not a very good basketball player. And she had not made a basket all season. And I was traveling and I missed her first and only basket of the season. And I felt so guilty about it. But what good does guilt do? It's over, it's done with. It doesn't mean we don't have feelings about it. It doesn't mean we don't share those feelings, but we need to let go of the guilt. Another opportunity is stop putting off work that needs to be done. So there is always going to be stuff to be done. And the more you hate doing things, the more it's going to suck the life out of you. So just get it done. But also prioritizing. What what do you need to stop doing And what do you need to stop over committing to so you can get your to-do list done? If your to-do list is a mile long, you are over committing. So it goes hand in hand. Stop over committing. I've shared this before on the podcast, but if you are having trouble prioritizing and saying yes because you're a people pleaser, which so many women are, and you feel bombarded by everyone else's to-do list, and now it's become your to-do list, stop over committing. A great tactic to do that is pause when someone asks you to do something and give yourself time. Even if you think you you know the answer, just say, hey, that sounds great. Can I get back to you either by the end of the day or tomorrow and let you know? 
you know, you're pulling up to school to pick up the kids. Someone asked you to volunteer on the volunteer committee. Give yourself that moment instead of just saying yes. Give yourself that moment. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity. Can I get back to you on that? Thank you for thinking of me. And it gives you time to pause to get out of that people pleaser mode and think about what do I really want here? Do I really want to be doing this activity? And the tactic that I use and I suggest to my clients is if it's a yes to you, but it's a no to me, then the answer is no. So if saying yes to doing something for you at the volunteer committee is going to take away time the, the precious time that I get to spend with my kids after school, then the answer is no, because I value time with my family above doing something for the volunteer committee. And I know when I was working and I had kids that were in school, my time with them was so, so valuable. And I wanted to be at their swim practice and I wanted to do as much as I could with them when I wasn't traveling and I wasn't on the road. So if there was something that was continually pulling me away from that, I had to reassess and prioritize. And we'll talk about how to say no in another episode, but so much of the reason why we don't say no is fear-based. And I have a lot of strategies and and, um, things that you can employ to really help you get past that. So stay tuned for that. And... Also, stop spending time on social media. How many of us say that we want to be healthy and yet we spend 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, all of a sudden we're into YouTube and we've gone down the the the, <laughs> the cat videos and the cute dog videos on Instagram. I'm totally guilty of this. And now we just blew an hour that we could have given to ourselves to work out. So stop spending time on social media so you can give to yourself in other more meaningful ways. So these are just a few suggestions of things that you can put on your anti-resolution list. And I invite you to think about what do you personally need to stop doing? And what time is that going to free up for you? How is that going to make time for you to do more of the things that are meaningful to you? Saying no is powerful and it's also a complete sentence. So next week, what we're going to be talking about is getting into habits and building habits for 2022 that will sustain you for the entire year. You, I promise, are not going to be the person that breaks these New Year's resolutions by mid-February because that's not who you are. You are going to build great habits that help you sustain the entire year. And I can't wait to share those with you. I can't wait for you to be here with me next week. And I cannot wait to see what 2022 holds for you. What do you need to make this year your best year ever? I invite you to think about that. And what do you need to let go of? What wasn't working for you in 2021? that you just want to get rid of and leave behind so you can get 2022 started off on the right foot. So I invite you to think about those things. And I also invite you to either email me or DM me on Instagram and let me know what you are going to stop doing. What anti-resolutions are you going to make for yourself? I can't wait to hear what you say and I will see you back here next week. Take care and bye for now. 
Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.